This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Should the Ontario flag be changed? Well, a petition has been started by Mano Majumdar. He's a lecturer at Western University's Ivy Business School, and he joins us on the air. Good morning, Mano. How you doing? Good. It's a beautiful morning in Ontario, a little bit on the warmer side, but can't complain, except about the flag. <laughs> what, is your, what is your thought process here? Why do you think the Ontario flag needs to be changed? Oh, uh, so many reasons. I mean, at the most basic level, we have the flag of a foreign country in the corner of our province's flag, and it's just bizarre and anachronistic. Um, it's just not a functional flag. Flags have this minimum passing grade where they have to be distinct from other flags and inclusive of everyone they claim to represent, and Ontario's is neither. So yeah. apart from everything else, this is just not that good of a flag. I do recognize Ontario. I've lived in Ontario my entire life. I do recognize the flag, kind of, but it is not something that I proudly would wave in front of my house for the main reason. It it doesn't look good. It's a little uninspiring. It looks like a Photoshop, like a bad Photoshop job where they just took the Union Jack and then, (laughs) what is that, the Iron Cross? Like, how long do we have to keep kissing England's ass for? It's all England up there. It's, it's there twice, because you've got the Union Jack uh, and, and it's the flag of St. George as well, which represents uh, you know, England alone. And you, you're not alone in thinking that this is not a very aesthetic flag. In 2001, the uh, North American Vexillological Association, which is the uh, official flag of flag nerds, uh, did a survey of all kind of subnational flags in the U.S. and Canada, so states, provinces, territories. And among Canadian flags, Ontario and Manitoba came in dead last. And these are the two red ensigns that look very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. And out of the 70-odd flags that were looked at, they were ranked 43 and 44. So even asking people uh, you know, who don't know the context and who are not Canadian, they will all agree this is just not a good you know, it's not a pretty rectangle to look at. Have yeah. you seen the British Columbia flag? That's, it does have the Union Jack up there too, but below is like the cool sunset. That's a cool flag. And it's at least unique. It's unique, although the Union Jack looks rather uh, rather compressed there. Uh, <laughs> so I think they could they could do a very easy edit job there and just have the uh, sun and the sea. Yeah. You, you talk about inclusivity. What are, are some things you, you possibly would like to see on the Ontario flag that you think would better represent the province in the state we're in now? Well, I don't, I don't have any particular things that, you know, that I would insist on. Uh, if I had to guess, I think if we had a nice democratic process where people were able to submit their flag, I think we would see a lot of trillium out there, which would mm-hmm. be uh, kind of in keeping with a the theme. I mean, the, the national flag is a maple leaf. Uh, Saskatchewan is a, is a province that features a flower as well. We, we uh, got to make sure we don't use that trillium design from the Ontario logo that looks like three guys in a hot tub, though. <laughs> Do you yeah, remember that one? A little bit more artistic <laughs> than that. <laughs> what about the fact that how much money it's going to cost? I know we're in debt right now. I mean, every municipal building is going to have to take down the flag, and I'm sure there's some paintings on the walls that are going to have to come down, uh, the graphic design costs. Is this really a priority right now? a priority because uh, we are seeing uh, a situation when Canada is having a lot of conversation, a lot of public conversations about kind of reconciliation and our identity. And there is no step of this process that is going to be less expensive or less difficult than this one. This is a uh, this is a uh, you know a show of commitment almost that yeah we're serious about reconciliation we're serious about inclusion uh, and yes it's going to cost uh, some amount of money but it also cost us money when we changed from the red ensign at the federal level 
to the Maple Leaf flag, and, and, and it's paid off dividends. Uh, I think as Canadians, we are very attached to the Maple Leaf flag. It's iconic, and it's very much Love it. it's, it's given us a lot of value. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's not going to get any cheaper to change the flag. 50 years, price of everything is going to be more expensive, Jim. We might be out of debt, though. I mean, pr- yeah, we won't okay, be. We on. won't be, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, especially after uh, what we've been through in the last year and a half, that debt's going to pay itself yeah. off. Okay. Well, it's very, it's an interesting conversation and I'm not opposed to a a new design. I would love to have an Ontario flag that I'm as proud to wave as the national flag in this country. Mano, if people want to sign your petition, how do they do that? They go to change.org slash Ontario hyphen flag. Very easy. July 14th, Jim, is National Macaroni and Cheese Day. I don't know if I can handle this. Yesterday was National French Fry Day. Today's National Macaroni and Cheese Day. Uh-huh. Tomorrow is National IV Bag Full of Gravy Directly into Your Veins Day. Is it? <laughs> Digestive system working overtime this week. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. One of those foods. That it just connects you with your childhood, right? True. It tastes like childhood, man. It's like the first meal I learned how to cook. A hundred percent. Well, the, the direction's pretty simple, and they're mm-hmm. right on the side of the box, mm-hmm. huh? Craft uh, dinner. They sell a lot of macaroni and cheese, around a million boxes a day. Holy. How fast do you think you could eat an entire box of macaroni and cheese in? If I had to, probably eight minutes. The record is one minute and two seconds. Well, I guess you can kind of drink it, almost. You can you, almost... You want to slurp it down, yeah. Yeah, take a couple do breaths. Do you go runny, or do you, do you kind of no. like to keep it uh, pretty... Thick? <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> tight. Do you keep your macaroni and cheese tight? Or oh, yeah, you, so tight, bro. Do you like to loosen it up a bit with some extra milk? No, I like to keep it pretty tight. Um, This is interesting. A Brooklyn ice cream shop is selling... Craft macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream today. Huh? It's got that natural fluorescent orange cheese color to it. It does. <laughs> I just Googled it. It's not as quite as neon as the cheese itself, but it's it's pretty close. And I'm assuming if you're in Canada, you're going to have a tough time getting this ice cream because they are selling it on their website. I don't know how that works, how you can buy ice cream on a website like they can't ship it to you can they i did do i did do those like delivery meal program things like um i forget what they're called uh, but they have the food that gets delivered right to hello fresh is one of them that gets delivered right to your door and the yeah. stuff does stay frozen the meat they come with like these little dry ice packages okay. in an insulated box so it's definitely possible you don't want that package getting held up at the border mm <laughs> Unless, maybe melted ice cream, KD oh, ice cream, you could like God. pour it on top of actual... Macaroni? Yeah. You never know. <laughs> you could do anything. I just never uh, thought cheese flavor and ice cream would ever go together. No. I, I, would I try a spoonful? Sure. Of course. Do I think I'd? it would be my new favorite ice cream? It's not beaten mint chocolate chip, let's be honest. Just like I don't need mint chocolate chip flavored craft dinner. <laughs> We should probably not give them any ideas. Yeah. They've already done cotton candy craft dinner. <laughs> Mint chocolate chip might be next on the list. And now, the winner is... 
seven peacock. I wanna see you peacock, you peacock. Time for sports. We're joined by Devin Peacock from Global News Radio. Hey, Dev. Hey, guys. How about that All-Star game last night in Major League Baseball? That was pretty great. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. putting on a show named the All-Star MVP. Uh, youngest player to do it, first Blue Jay to do it. His home run was an absolute monster last night that he hit. What was kind of cool about this was uh, Fox had mic'd up a bunch of players and so they were talking to Fernando Tatis Jr. when Vladdy went deep. And Tatis had a kind of a funny reaction just about watching Vladdy crush it. Joe Buck's call was pretty good on this. Uh, it, was, it was fun to watch. Let's have a listen. the 200th home run in all-star game history and you could have chopped that up into two that went over your head uh, rather fast fernando uh, so quick. 468 feet way to go vladdy I, I find it's funny he's the youngest player ever to do it because he's such a specimen it's hard to tell how old he is well, it's also kind of funny because, like, he has technically, you know, he's been in the majors now for a couple of years for since 2019, which isn't that long ago, but because of the pandemic, feels like forever ago. Right. And good news for Blue Jays fans because you got this guy who's a bona fide all-star, MVP of the all-star game. You got him playing in the league, but fans in Toronto aren't able to watch him live. That is going to change, you think, Dev? I think we're getting there. I think we're getting close. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, previously petitioned to return to Toronto for a July 30th homestand. I had previously said coming back after the All-Star game kind of made sense based on uh, vaccination rates and the way we thought this might go months ago. It looks like that might happen, assuming the federal government doesn't get in its own way here. The Blue Jays have submitted a proposal to come back to Toronto. They want a a national exemption similar to what the NHL got during the playoffs so that the Montreal Canadiens could go to and from the U.S. when they were playing uh, Vegas and later Tampa Bay. Really, what's uh, at stake here is getting across the border. That's the federal issue. Playing in Toronto is the provincial issue, and the province has indicated that can happen. We want to watch that MVP hit some dingers live. Come on. Thanks, Dev. Rain Maida was a guest host with our friend Liz on Canada's Rock 20 last weekend. I, I hope you're listening to Canada's Rock 20. It's awesome. You get a, a snapshot of uh, what's going on in the world of rock and roll across this great country. Also, Liz has some really cool friends mm -hmm. like Rain. And he told a great story about an encounter with one of his heroes listen to this artists that you met that really surprised you like they were not at all like you expected them to be yeah robert plant we had like this little sold out club show and then we were psyched it was like we were just starting you know it was amazing but our tour manager came in after soundcheck he's like you're not gonna believe this management just called and robert plant heard your song starseed while he's in his limousine in new york and they just started the new Zeppelin. Page and Plant was touring, and he like flicked out, got the record sent to his hotel, listened to the record, 
and now wants you guys to come open for Page and Plant. Hmm. My legs were probably shaking. I'm st- I've never been in an arena on a stage. I'm standing there. When he comes up, he puts a hand on my shoulder and he just says, hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Robert and i uh, really honored to have you. And he goes, after soundcheck, you know, if, if you have a minute, I'd love just to like ask you a few questions about, about Naveed and the album, the lyrics. And I was like, get out of here. Like, are you real, dude? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be so surreal, huh? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The greatest vocalist of all time, arguably. Uh-huh. Loving your vocals and lyrics. Like, come Rock on. Rock and roll God. Yeah. I do enjoy when, like, super famous people introduce themselves like that. Hi, I'm Robert. Hi, I'm Robert. How do you respond? Do you say, uh, yeah, I know you're Robert. <laughs> Or do you say, oh, nice to meet you, Robert. I had no idea who you were until this very moment. <laughs> like, wh- which is the best way to play that? You play it cool. You Somewhere, play it cool. So you, so you, uh, oh, Robert, uh, do you have a last name, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> Duval? Hmm. <laughs> Robert Plant, huh? I wonder if, uh, if old RP is digging the new one from Our Lady Peace. It's called Stop Making Stupid People Famous. <laughs> I like it. I think it. Uh, I'm getting like talking head vibes from that. Mm-hmm. It's a little dancier than the usual stuff, but a uh, nice little departure there for Our Lady Peace. And I'm sure Rain now goes up to people and introduces himself that way too. Hi, I'm Rain. Hi, I'm Rain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're Rain. And we've lost another WWE superstar, Hall of Famer. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff has passed away at age 71. Hmm. You know what? Pretty long life for a wrestler. Yeah, when you compare him to some of the others that that were gone early, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle that is is tough to maintain, man. And Orndorff's son Travis posted about his dad's death. Apparently, he had been suffering from some sort of dementia, possibly caused by uh, his his wrestling in the ring. And Orndorff's son Travis says. I hope the world will start to take notice of the brain damage and the consequences of this lifestyle. But he added he didn't blame wrestling because at the time no one knew that this would happen. He was pretty big. Like he was a chiseled dude, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Mr. Wonderful Jim? Yeah, he was he was before my time for sure, but I remember him uh my buddy had all the rubber wrestlers. Uh-huh. And you're like, "Who's this?" Yeah, and he that was Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> He was uh, he was the main event of WrestleMania one in 1985. I was watching this on YouTube yesterday, and it just takes you right back. The whole thing's on YouTube. Oh, the, this matches. Okay, oh. so listen to this. It's uh, Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff uh-huh. against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Oh my God! Could there be anything more 80s? How about this? The guest referee was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> And now here comes a double team. Mr. Wonderful and Rowdy Roddy. What are they going to do? Double atomic drop. Double atomic drop and Hogan's hurt. He's hurt bad, Gino. Muhammad Ali comes into the ring trying to maintain some semblance of order here, but it's not happening as Mr. Wonderful drops a knee on the champ. And so far, Mr. T was not successful in getting in there. (laughs) 
to get to his partner, but boy, did he give it a shot. He gave it a shot, but Mr. Wonderful's coming on with a boot attack to the head of champion Hulk Hogan. Champ trying to reach his corner to tag. He's still a long way from there. Suplex! He got him. Wow, Mr. Wonderful. guy up. <laughs> I'll tell you, Paul Orndorff looks in the greatest condition I've ever seen him in, Gino. I would sit there and watch that stuff for hours on end. So good. Just the whole spectacle. Jesse Ventura doing the play-by-play. It's just perfect. Yeah. The wrestlers have to worry about their their brain damage later in life, and the ring announcers have to worry about v- damage to their vocal cords from <laughs> talking like this the whole time. My oh, God, that man has a family. What is going on? <laughs> It is crazy. Speaking of brain injuries, to this day, they still hit each other in the head with the metal chairs. Like, yeah. there's got to be a replacement for that. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds and looks cool, but it is a, number one, get rid of the metal chairs to the head, I think, would be a step in the right direction. Start upholstering the ringside chairs. <laughs> it's a simple request. Step in the right direction. In a farewell post to his dad, Travis Orndorff said, as much as many of you hated him as a wrestler, he absolutely loved you for it. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, has passed away at age 71. People on TikTok are cleaning their teeth with magic erasers. What's wrong with that, Taz? You know Mr. Clean Magic Erasers? <laughs> yeah. They're like, I think there's bleach in them. Well, there's stuff in There's all sorts of stuff in there that you wouldn't want to put into your mouth by choice. Uh, it's not, they're not actually magic. No, <laughs> but by the way, they do clean really well. So I can imagine how many different chemicals are in that thing. I, I, I don't know how they work, but they do work. Yeah. Like we've had stains on our deck. We've had stains on countertops. Nothing else has worked. We're not in, in, being paid to endorse the magic erasers, but when it comes down to it, as a last resort, you pull one of those things out and they'll get the stain out. They can get her done. Yeah. But at what cost? <laughs> Here is a uh, a TikToker who is endorsing this behavior. Okay, I get comments constantly, so I'm going to show you what I do. And yes, I am prepared for all the dentists that are going to come on here and be like, don't do it. I don't care. I go to the dentist. I don't tell them what I do, but they're like, you have the healthiest, strongest, cleanest teeth. And I'm like, why, thank you. Step number one, I don't use any fluoride at all. When the dentist says, use your fluoride, don't rinse. (laughs) Nope, I don't do that. Yes, I drink distilled water. Number two, I do something called oil pulling. Okay, look it up on YouTube and I use coconut oil. Do your research. Number three, and here's where we all gasp. This is a magic eraser. I take a little tiny piece of it, wet it. Don't touch your gums. That's on. Can you hear that? <laughs> I've been doing it for like two years. Oh my god! Don't touch your gums. Yeah. That would be silly. Don't touch your gums. They will burn for weeks. <laughs> Make sure you keep the magic eraser on your teeth only. And new secret: if you have an SOS pad, it works great as a tongue scraper. Get it in there. Dentists are strongly advising against using the magic eraser as a tooth whitener, saying that this could result in serious injury. You're going to basically erode all of the enamel off of your teeth. Yeah, I heard it described as sandpaper. It is. It's like you can't really, it doesn't feel like sandpaper, but it's very, it's micro abrasion, basically what you're doing to the front of your teeth to make them look white and it can cause some serious problems 
uh, down the road. That's one reason not to use the magic eraser on your teeth. The other reason is I've been using that same magic eraser to bleach my anus. (laughs) Also... Also work. Don't touch the cheeks. No. No, but you get right in there. Life hack. (laughs) Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, And we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.